Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Macharco, host of DC Entrepreneur, here on WERA 96.7 FM. Today in the studio, I've got Jennifer Crawford. Jennifer is the founder of DC PodFest, an annual event that happens in Washington, D.C. that brings podcasters of all stripes together. Thanks for dropping by today. Uh, thanks for having me, George. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. Great. I think it's it's been a while and a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Why didn't we do this sooner? So uh, let's talk about DC PodFest. How did the idea come up for this? Why did you see that DC needed to have an event like this? It actually started somewhat selfishly in the sense that I was craving a podcast community. You know, you're a podcaster, George, so you know how isolating uh, this this form of media can be. Uh, we're often podcasting alone in our basements, dining rooms, garages, studios. And um, after a while, you start um, wondering who else is out there doing this this thing. And that's where I was a few years ago. I was wanting to talk to people doing this thing that I had been doing for a while. Um, I was podcasting at that point for about four years. And it was starting to gain momentum. The podcasting world was starting to gain momentum. People were starting to realize what podcasts were. You were starting to hear more about them. And um, I was, by that time, I'd really fallen in love with podcasting, both as a producer of a podcast and as a podcast fan. So I just wanted to find more people like me. And what I did is I Googled and I was looking for a podcast conference in the DC area, where we both live. And I was really surprised that there wasn't one because in this area, there are conferences for everything. We're in D.C., so um, we're not lacking in the conference area. Uh, And when I didn't find one, the entrepreneur in me, I think, kicked in. And when you're an entrepreneur, if you want something and it's not built already, your inclination is to create it and put it into the world. And so that was my inclination. And so I started looking for other DC podcasters um, by virtue of a Facebook group and started collecting people that way. It's really hard to search for podcasts uh, via geography. So um, unless you happen to be a specific regional podcast with your region and your name, most of us are podcasting and putting content out to the world. So um, it took a lot of hunting and pecking to find a group of podcasters. And I sort of ran the idea by some people about a, a local conference and if they'd be interested. And I was encouraged by the response. And DC PodFest was born. Let's talk about why you think podcasting has this moment right now. Because, I mean, podcasting has been around for, what, 10 years? Why do you think podcasting is just the thing to do right now? I think there are a few reasons. One, uh, the technology and access to podcasts has has become has become much easier. Um, we now on our Apple um, phones, we have an app built in for podcast listening. So a click of a button and you have access to 
you know, hundreds of thousands of shows on any topic you can think of. So our access to podcasts, um, the friction has been reduced to a click of a button, where it used to be a lot harder to get the audio content of a podcast. It was a little bit more complicated. So there's the ease of use. And also, um, we've changed as people, we've come to expect our content to be on demand. So, you know, the audio format, you know, the podcasting format gives us real audio on demand. Not only um, do we have content when and where we want it, but we can multitask with the with audio content. So podcasts allow us to do more than one thing at a time. And for for better or worse, we are an increasingly busy culture. <laughs> so we want to walk the dog and also learn about economics or history. I, I'm washing my dishes and I'm listening to a storytelling show. So it makes my task of washing dishes much more pleasant. So I'm able to make the most use of my time this way. And that is intoxicating and addictive. And it allows us to to learn, be entertained and educated. Um, you know, it, and I think uh, it's no surprise to me that it's really caught fire and people are now really, really adopting the medium now. I, I think it's fascinating in the sense, too, that, um, you know, in my generation, we grew up with content that was always created by, you know, kind of the powers that be, the big major media corporations. And I think podcasting is as close to anything that is kind of people powered as anything that I I think I can think of on social media. And the reason for that is because you anyone can be a producer. You don't have to have gobs of cash. The barrier to entry for podcasting is relatively low. So can you talk to me about how you think people create their podcasts, how they come up with the theme and how you came up with the theme for your show, The Jellyvision Show. Yeah, my podcast, The Jellyvision Show podcast, uh, we talk about a subject that's near and dear to me, and that is entrepreneurship, creative entrepreneurship. So uh, my co-host, Tim Trueheart, he's a stand-up comedian, and he is out there you know, trying to make a living as a stand-up comedian and using um, his writing and talents, um, his creative talents to support himself. I have a creative uh, agency, a social media agency, and a creative bent myself. Uh, Tim and I both belong in an improv troupe together. So creativity, creative freedom is really important to us. And we really believe in the the value of the creative class. So we talk about how creatives can be entrepreneurs. And uh, we throw in some fart jokes occasionally. Uh, Tim's a comedian. We um, It's a lighthearted show. We think it's a lot of fun. We talk about things that we're going through personally as business people and entrepreneurs. Um, and we're in our seventh year. So it's that's been really rewarding for us. In terms of how other people come up with shows, gosh, I mean, I'm constantly um, amazed at people's show premises and what they've come up with and the, the niche topics and the niche ideas they, they create for themselves. Um, I think you have to be passionate about your topic. You have to be interested in it. You have to be able to relay that to your audience. You know, the barrier to entry, like you said, it is low. Um, we can all get out there and, and create content and and start a podcast. I think the barriers that um, we are tackling now are the barriers of consistent production. Um, It does take a degree of investment if you do it, if you're serious about it and you do it for any length of time. You do have to invest in some equipment, decent equipment, um, promotion, marketing, maybe some marketing materials, um, hosting companies. You know, there is it's not a free hobby by any means. Um, and you also, the other barrier um, is you're competing with hundreds of 
thousands of other podcasters who want the same thing you do, which is to be noticed and found and discovered. And so what happens is that competition is actually good for the medium because it's it's forcing us to be better. Because if you are lackadaisical with your content, with your publishing schedule, if you're not serving your audience as well as you should be, then you are going to be buried. Nobody's going to find you or maybe just your friends and family. So I think there are still barriers. There might not be barriers to entry, but there's certainly barriers in the playground, you know, in mm-hmm. the sandbox yeah. um, that we're all that we're all dealing with. And every day as podcasting is getting more and more popular and more and more people are starting one, um, it becomes harder and harder to, to stand out in that crowded, crowded playground. But what's interesting to me, too, is something else about podcasting is unique, and that's you're capturing the human voice. And we live in a time where social media has us communicating in 140 characters. It doesn't seem like anyone can have a really complete thought anymore when it comes to communicating with the public. And here we have this great medium that allows us to kind of reconnect with who we are as people, you know, communicating through this conversation. Um, Talk to me about your path as a podcaster. How did you end up discovering podcasting in the first place? And what led you to decide, you know, I, I don't want to be a hobbyist with this. I want to do this, you know, as, as an avocation. Yeah, such a great point that you made, though, um, before we get to that, George, about the long-form conversation opportunity that it gives us. It's so exciting because you're right. We're so, um, you know, podcasting as a, an art form, if you I kind of consider it an art form, is isolating, but we've we're all isolated, right? We um, we live in a box. We get into our box and we drive to another box, and um, and everything we need is at our fingertips. You know, movies, entertainment, our computers. You know, open us up to you know the world of information. So I think we are on a face to face level connecting with each other less. So you're right. The human voice, the intimacy of that allows us to connect like never before. There's nobody censoring us as podcasters. So we can really get our complete message out there. We're not beholden to a 30-second sound bite like somebody in the traditional news media might be. So there's such tremendous opportunity for journalists, um, advocacy, um, social change, political change. There's so much opportunity there. Um, for people who want to move the needle in any of those categories um, to take advantage of the platform. So with me, I at the time when I started podcasting, I didn't even know really what I was getting into. Uh, I think probably a lot of people start out that way. Uh, but this yeah. was seven years ago. At the time, my current business was a co-working space for the creative class called The Soundry. And I had repurposed a 1970s auto body uh, garage into a coffee shop, co-working uh, art studio, uh, a stage, a practice room for musicians. So it was a 5,000 square foot space where anybody who was creating anything was welcome. And we were using podcasting as a way to reach beyond our our brick walls. So we wanted, we had so much, um, so much talent coming through the doors, undiscovered talent. And I thought, if we could use this as a way just to, even if we reached five more people that would never come to our building, if five more people could know that this painter existed or this singer existed or this dancer exists, um, then we would be doing, we would be uh, fulfilling that piece of our mission to to have undiscovered artists get more attention. 
Um, and so that's how it started. And then the business failed. <laughs> so this is an entrepreneurial failure story. Um, we had to close our doors. We just uh, never got to the point where um, we just ran out of money. We had to make a long story short. And the community blossomed, but our bank account did not. And we ended up having to shut the doors of the Soundry, which is what it was called. And um, I wanted to leave with something. Since I couldn't leave with any money, <laughs> I had to take stock of what I did gain from that experience. And, and I did gain quite a bit. Um, it took me a while to realize that. But one thing I had was the podcast. And I said, darn it, um, I'm taking this podcast with me. And we set everything up in my dining room. It's still there to this day. Uh, we have a little bit nicer equipment than the day that we moved it in there. But it's still there. We're still recording there. What it's allowed me to do is just uh, talk about the things that I'm passionate about. I really believe in, in self-sufficiency with your art and adopting a business mindset um, with, and, and doing the thing that you feel passionate about. I believe in the value of the creative class. I think that value is increasing every day. And I get to talk about that and, um, and talk about fundamentals of business that might help people accomplish that dream. That's how I started. And that was who knew? I mean, our first episode, we, um, we were actually also live streaming on Ustream, which is a video stream. Um, the very first episode, we shaved somebody's eyebrows on camera. I mean, it was just the show then doesn't resemble the show now at okay. all. And even if you go back four years ago, um, I, I somebody uh, had obviously binge listened to a bunch of our episodes recently and going back to like 2013, 2012. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, what did I even what were we even talking about then? <laughs> and I went back and listened and our sound quality was so bad. And at that point, we'd been into it by three, like three or four years. Uh -huh. Our sound quality was still bad. Um, so much. I mean, it's so much better now, but I could not believe that people were going back that far and listening. So that's the other thing. It's um, it's something that sort of lives forever. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all consumers. We all consume so much. But it's so nice to create and put something out in the world um, that you can call your own. And so that's another great thing about podcasting that I love. Yeah. One of the things I think is interesting is that you end up creating a body of work mm -hmm. that really kind of stands for itself. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I went, you know, through the Apple iTunes podcast store and was looking for episodes and I don't always start with the most recent episodes. Sometimes I'll go back in the catalog for somebody that's a podcaster and see, you know, what they started out with and, and you know, how they started out as a podcaster. And it's amazing to think that, yeah, a lot of this will stand the test of time because it's captured, it's recorded, it's up as long as it's up on a server, <laughs> I think anyone can access that. So um, you're actually really creating a legacy with every episode you record. And I think there's something to be said just for that. I think so, too. And, you know, I can go back and listen to individual episodes, and I'm not super proud of every single episode we've put out. There's some that make me cringe. I've said things I've regretted. Um, you know, our sound was bad for years, and I don't know why that even happened. But as a whole, I can look back and be proud that I that I produced something consistently, that I met a whole, you know, huge network of people that I wouldn't ever otherwise have had a chance to connect with and connect with in such a personal way um, in a way that has maintained friendships and connections for years following their 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 being a guest on my podcast and 
you know, I can be very proud of what I've learned along the way, which I've, I've not only learned from my guests, but I've learned about podcast production. I've learned how to be a better speaker, something that I'm not naturally gifted with. Um, I've learned how to listen better, have a, have a better conversation. So there are so many things that I can be proud of looking back. Um, it's so easy to nitpick when you do something. And I think we're all our own worst critics. That's certainly true. But I think if you do start a podcast and, and stay with it, you will you will also be proud of putting something into this world for anybody out there considering starting a podcast. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just start it. Yeah. I think the momentum is enough to, to propel you. Just as a reminder, we're here in the studio today with Jennifer Crawford. She is the founder of DC PodFest and the host of the Jellyvision show in Washington, D.C. area. Uh, Jennifer, we just touched upon this a moment ago, but we were talking about creative entrepreneurship. Um, how do you think creative entrepreneurship is different than business entrepreneurs? What, what makes a creative different in the entrepreneurial world? I think a, a creative is somebody that not, it doesn't necessarily have a specific technical skill, but has the ability to think outside the box and put something out into the world that nobody else is capable of producing. And and that it's actually a fairly to me a, ve- a fairly broad big basket. Um, I I consider um, chefs, creatives, mm-hmm. um, graphic designers, uh, toy designers. Um, so it's people that are putting something unique into the world. Mm-hmm. And I think these are the things that um, these are the jobs to me or the that are the most safe right now. I think we're. Really, I think the most safe. Mm-hmm. I think oh. we're going through a mass. This is just a caveat. This no, is my right my opinion. Yeah, um, but I think we're going through a mass in extinction when it comes to employment. I think we're at the very beginning of it, but jobs are dis- disappearing so quickly, and uh, thanks to technology, the technology that we love, um, it's it's replacing jobs. So you see it. I think you're going to see it hit first and the hardest in the retail sector but you're also going to see robots replacing doctors because they can they can do things better and more accurately than the human being can um, you're gonna even I've heard of lawyer uh, robots potentially replacing attorneys lawyers so anything that can be can be taught um, can be replaced with a computer so what you can't teach is imagination and creative thinking that's unique to our humanity or to to you as a person. So since you can't replicate it for pennies on the dollar in China, that value to me is increasing and it's more scarce. So we have a supply and demand situation happening too. So one of the things behind the Soundry when I started it was this belief that art has value and that the creative class has more value than they have been told that they do. And so it was my opportunity to put my money where my mouth was and have a space that was for profit. They gave artists an opportunity not just to create, but also to sell their art or sell a ticket to their performance. And although we financially didn't get where we needed to be, I think we did go a long way in proving the value of the arts in in the community. So without donations, without a charity involved, without grants, um, doing it just with capitalism, (laughs) which uh, is uh, sometimes a bad word in the artist usually (laughs) it is. But I but I I don't think it needs to be. Yeah. So um, capitalism, I don't think is inherently evil. I think people have have given it a bad name who've been dishonest and 
and greedy and corrupt, but I don't think it's inherently evil. So anyway, so that was um, a really long winded philosophical answer to your to your question. Mm-hmm. But th- but that's what I believe. I believe we are going through an extinct an extinction in employment. And I, I think that's one of the reasons um, that I believe in entrepreneurship even more than I did when I started my first business, which was a long time ago. I believed in it then and I believe in it more strongly now. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't think I've had a steady job for the last seven years. <laughs> but I think that also makes you creative too is you have to mm-hmm. respond to your situation so you have to come up with creative ideas for how you want to steer your career professionally um, let's talk about what you do as uh, a social media uh, consultant because you have your own consulting business mm-hmm. and then you also do your podcast on the side as well as run DC podfest yeah, yeah. in between times uh, doing a show for podbean and uh, also helping them out whenever they're in conferences. So how do you balance it all? And, and how do you prioritize what you do as, a, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it varies. Prioritizing is a constant issue every day, actually. You, you know, anybody that is not anybody has to has to deal with priori- prioritization. To, social Media Rescue is the name of my social media marketing agency. And the name is a little misleading, unfortunately, because I do do business consulting, marketing plans. I do some PR. Um, I've been working a lot lately with authors. And so I'm actually spinning off a piece of the business um, to focus on that clientele. But I I love what I do so much because because I believe in entrepreneurship. It's just a thrill for me and so rewarding to work with other entrepreneurs and helping and helping them be more successful. So if they're successful through my efforts, I'm successful. So it's such a mutually beneficial relationship from day one. And, you know, as we pointed out, entrepreneurship is inherently creative. And so it lets me be creative, think creatively, think outside the box. A lot of my clients are dealing with a situation where they are having a hard time standing out. So we have to look at unique distribution models and uh, things that their comp- their competition isn't doing but that they could do and really stand out. So that is constantly forcing me to think creatively, and um, it's just so much fun. I could honestly say every day I just can't wait to walk down the hall and go to my office and start working for my clients. It's so rewarding. Um, I just I just I could not love it more. Um, so I think I've settled into something that has really spoken to everything. I get to use all my lessons learned from the businesses I've had the past 25, 28 years and and use those lessons uh, with my clients. So yeah, so that's that's what I'm that's what I do for a living. And Podbean is actually one of my business clients and they um, they asked me to produce a podcast for them as part of the other things that I do for them. And I said yes. And so that's called Podcasting Smarter. It's a podcast about podcasting. We interview all kinds of independent podcasters about their experience um, with creating and running their shows. And I learned so much from them. Everybody has advice that is valuable, no matter what size show they have. So that's been a lot of fun. Let's go back to DC PodFest. It's coming up on November 10th and 11th, for those that don't know about it. Can you just give us a preview of what's going to be at the event? Yeah. um, Actually, that's November 10th and 11th, and it's all day, both days. 
Um, the night of the 10th, which is a Friday night, we have um, the VIP Mixer, which is the very important podcaster mixer. It's a networking event. Uh, we're going to have a live show. We have red carpet interviews. We are going to have a special um, viewing of the podcast documentary called The Messengers. And the creator of that movie is going to be there. So I think it's going to be a really special evening. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, in addition to the daytime programming at night, we have uh, two live shows, uh, the Karen and Ellen Letters, and also is the uh, is this adulting podcast. And prior to that, we're going to bring back Seven Minutes in Hell. And that's a live podcast judging where anybody can uh, sign up to perform seven minutes of their show in front of a steamed panel of judges and a live audience. So I think that's going to be exciting. But our theme this year is Power to the Podcast, and the reason we made that our theme is because living in the D.C. area, where we're surrounded by politics and social change and advocacy, all these wonderful things, I thought it would be appropriate to concentrate on the power of our voices and how we can, like I said earlier, move the needle on social change, political change, um, journalism, um, all of these things, um, I wanted to sort of uh, thread that focus into this year's programming. Um, everybody wants to know how to monetize their podcast. We'll have some of that too. And we'll have um, the fundamentals of podcasting for beginner podcasters in our programming as well. But we're also going to to talk about um, the bigger picture of how our content can actually change the world. And that sounds lofty. But it's so true. And, and you can change the world by affecting one person um, and the responsibility that goes with that. Anything else you'd like to add for those aspiring podcasters or entrepreneurs out there? I think, um, I think we have so much, you know, so much potential sometimes that we don't tap into. Yeah. And time is really the mo our, our biggest enemy and our, our most precious resource. We can't make more of it. We can't um, – we can't uh, – we can't get it back once it's spent. So I wouldn't waste a second of it if, if possible. So definitely take, take that risk and start a podcast or a business or a side business. I'm not telling you to quit your job today. Um, but enhance your life in, in some way with either of those two. I think you'll be glad you did. Well, there you have it. We've had Jennifer Crawford here in the studio today on DC Entrepreneur. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week on DC Entrepreneur. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dc-entrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode, and thanks for listening.